Welcome in everybody to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. So glad to be with you on this Monday. We're going to hear from the General John McClain a little bit. We're also going to hear from John Grenard. I caught up with John after the game on Thursday, and I was going through my phone. I was like, man, I feel like I'm missing something. You know, you have those moments where you feel like you're just, there's something missing and you can't quite figure it out. And it dawned on me at some point today, I was like, man, I never played my John Grenard interview. So we're going to play that John Grenard interview from after the game against the Panthers. We'll have that for you a little bit later in the show, but we're going to kick it off with our good friend, game analyst, college football analyst, 1989 Heisman Trophy winner, our pal Andre Ware. Here we go. Dre, it was Thursday night when the Texans took on the Panthers. This Sunday, they have the Bills. We had a Sunday where we could watch the rest of the league. What was your uh, general take on some of the stuff you saw yesterday around the NFL? I actually thought it was uh, some of the best pro football that I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, I know three games off the top of my head that went right down to the wire that uh, you know ended on field goals. Uh, well, I take that back. Atlanta and the Giants. That was one that that was late in the game where the where the Falcons got their first win of uh, of the season. And then Detroit. If there's a team that oh. can find a way, you know, it's Detroit that gives up a 66 yard field goal to Justin Tucker with time expired. I mean, I think that drive started with uh, about 24 seconds or so on the clock, and Lamar hit a big one to Sammy Watkins. Another one got him down there, and then Tucker took over and hit one in from 66 yards. Um, and then, of course, the, the one last night with uh, with Green Bay and, and San Francisco, uh, with uh, San, excuse me, Green Bay kicking a 51 yarder with time expiring. It was some really, really good football games yesterday. Okay, this question's for both of you guys. I just saw Darius Butler, former corner in the NFL, tweet this. I think this is a great question because I despise kickers, but there are two of them. Hmm. that if my life is on the line, I'm, I'm thinking about. And he put it perfectly. The fate of the human race is on the line. <laughs> Weather randomized, 50-yard field goal, both kickers in their prime. Who kicks it? Adam Vinatieri or Justin Tucker? Vinatieri. Really? Tucker. Vinatieri. Dre? Tucker. Dre? Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, I'm Tucker. I'm with Dre on this one. Tucker's got a Tucker. stronger leg. You know, he doesn't All right, so 50. I get – you go 60, that, 66, that's you're the man. You know, there, there yeah. is no doubting that anymore. That that will never be touched. Okay, unless you're distance, playing for the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. He'll give you a couple of opportunities <laughs> at it. <laughs> Dre, would the distance matter if you made it forty five? Would you would you ever change the military? Because as much as I've seen military make those kicks, I'm still going with Tucker no matter the distance. Would the distance matter? Yeah, yeah, but there's some there are a couple of things you gotta clear up. You know, are we talking present day guys are we talking guys in their prime you know in their that, prime that all in their prime Vinatieri versus Tucker well 45 I might go Vinatieri anything over mm. 50 give me Tucker okay well that was phenomenal that he made that kick I felt awful for Aaron Glenn our buddy who's the oh, defensive man. coordinator for Detroit you have a number of former Texans players who are coordinators yeah. by the way like Dave Ragone for Atlanta welcome to Detroit uh, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and then D'Amico Ryan's yeah. the D.C. for San Francisco, and they lose to the Mason Crosby 51-yarder. And, and Aaron Rodgers, Dre, just threading the needle 
to Devontae Adams uh, to get them going last night on that final drive. That was a whale of a game as well. Well, yeah, that they needed a drive starter, and I mean, he it took some some uh, some courage to make that throw, and it was not only a throw; it was it was absolutely perfect to Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, and they were able. You know, you got the offensive line on the same page. Hey, when I complete this. We need to get to the line of scrimmage, spike the ball, and so we got another chance for another player or so to get Justin even closer. And after the second completion, I'm not sure who it was to, but when they got it, got up and spiked it again, uh, that was when you knew that, you know, I'm sorry, uh, so you're talking Green Bay. What What's yep. the kicker? Uh, Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby. I'm, I'm, both games just kind of run yeah, together, but to give Mason Crosby a chance, and and once he hit the second one, you kind of knew it was over. And and sure enough, he he drilled it right down the middle. Both kickers from Texas, Justin Tucker and Mason Crosby. We can, we create kickers and quarterbacks in the state. Apparently, I, I don't know. Among other things. Among other things. Speaking of quarterbacks, Dre, I don't know how much you had a chance to see of the Chargers and Chiefs yesterday. But I've been thinking about this for a while, just watching Justin Herbert last year, seeing it continue this year. How far down the line do you go of picking quarterbacks ahead of Justin Herbert that you say, okay, I would absolutely take this quarterback ahead of Herbert. I'd take this quarterback, and that's about where I stop. How many quarterbacks do you think it is, i.e., how well do you think that guy is playing and how good is he? Yeah, without really thinking through it a whole lot, you're probably going to go about five, five or six, and then his name starts to circulate. I mean, because he's that good. I I just think he plays, uh, and it's crazy to say it, but they don't get a lot of love in uh, in L.A. because it's the Chargers moving from San Diego. I think if he was still in San Diego, there'd be a lot more recognition. But uh, people just don't realize how good he is. And he stood toe-to-toe in Kansas City in a road game uh, and 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 dealt dealt his cards yesterday as well as anybody in the Chargers defensively. Hey, credit them. They picked off uh, Mahomes late. They were able to drive it down and not just kick the field goal, run the clock down. He punches it in for the big one uh, to make sure that uh, there was no doubt left. So, yeah, he's uh, he has matured in a very short period of time, and uh, and he's one of the one of the better better quarterbacks in the league. Certainly top ten. Trey, let's talk about some of these rookie quarterbacks because the Texans have one, and he started on Thursday night, and it turns out he has better numbers than a lot of the other guys who have been starting and throw picks all over the place. And look, I mean, maybe Mills has that kind of performance in him on Sunday. Who knows? I'm hoping he doesn't. But I find it interesting that people are clamoring for some of these rookies, especially, let's say, Trey Lance in San Francisco when Garoppolo plays a really good game last night. And yeah. leaves the field with the lead, 37 seconds, way too much time for Aaron Rodgers. We can get into that. But leaves the field with the lead and plays really well. And there's more to it than just taking the snap and even making a throw or, or running with the ball, right? There's protections. There's things you got to recognize. And Garoppolo, a veteran, played really well in the second half to get the 49ers the lead. The, the play they ran, outside of it being a quarterback, just about any skill position player, and I'm talking about San Francisco, uh, could run it with the, the one that Trey Lance scored on. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's really no thought in doing that. It's just take a snap, let's get around the left side, and boy, did he get a block, a massive block, uh, out on the edge from the, the left tackle. But, uh, you know, when you uh, when you look at it, 
you just kind of be careful what you're asking for. Fans, you know, there's a lot of development that needs to go into a guy being absolutely raised. Davis Mills ready? No, he's not. It's just by because uh, he he it's his turn up because you know he was drafted in that spot. <clears throat> he's second team, and but he's far from ready. Uh, they do a lot of good things to uh, to 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 really take advantage of what he does well and what he knows within the offense. They're not calling a game for him like they're calling it for Terod because Terod knows the entire system. He knows he has experience. He knows what the defense is doing. Not only do you need to know what you're doing when you break the huddle and how to call the play. Yeah, he can do that, but it's what, what are the other guys on the other side doing to give you the advantage? Where are you going with the football? What's your pre-snap read that gives you the advantage when they rotate? Where are you going with the football? Those things. So, he uh, he's a ways off, <clears throat> and it, I think the same thing happened in in Chicago with uh, with Justin Fields when they put up what was it six points yesterday. Uh, Zach Wilson has been. It, it almost seems like <clears throat> I don't want to say that doesn't care, but he comes. He keeps mentioning this uh, learning, and we're going to get better. And you just keep throwing interceptions. Well, part of that is let's cut down on the interceptions so that we know that you're learning. And um, it's it's disappointing what's going on in in, uh, in New York with the Jets. Well, uh, Western New York, it's not disappointing, uh, Dre, because Josh mm, Allen no. uh, with the Bills scored seventy eight points the last two weeks. He is mm. no longer Wyoming, Josh. He is full on MVP candidate, Josh Allen. How tough a challenge is it? And I don't want to ask why, but what is it that you've seen with Josh Allen that makes him so tough? I think he has full grasp of everything. Um, and like I said, when you know what defenses are doing and how they're trying to defend you, uh, you can attack in certain ways. And he's got a bunch of weapons. They added Emmanuel Sanders opposite Stephon Diggs. Beasley's there in the slot. And a Singletary and now Zach Moss is, is healthy. So they've got a running game. And, and that allows him to play freely. And then if all the, you take all that away, even Dawson Knox, the – the tight end. You take all those things away, you can pull it down and run with it. And he did that yesterday on a couple of occasions for touchdowns. So uh, he was a fantasy football owner's dream yesterday. And if you're playing against him, he was your nightmare. Well, all of a sudden, here come the Texans um, into Buffalo next week. And and uh, this will be a tall order. They're good on both sides of the ball. They play well on special teams. Um, you got to give it up to the Bills. Some, someone said that, oh, he's not off to the start that he had last year after two games. It's two games. But then you tell me that he scored 78 points in the last two weeks. Uh, he's not that far off if he's, if he's off. So uh, give me the off, Josh Allen, uh, over the guy that's, that's certainly dealing the cards the last two weeks. Well, it's only three weeks in, and I say only because especially now with 17 games, and Sean McVay was saying after the Rams did what they did to Tampa Bay, he said, look, how many people remember who was 3-0 and last year? It means nothing. You know, you nothing. still have a ton of games to play here, and you have to play well, and even if you're halfway through, I mean, even if you have four games yeah. left, those are the big four at the end that determine your positioning, so you have to think of it like that. Andre, how can the Texans run the football better? I mean, I guess it's a tough question to answer on the fly here, but what can they do to try to get the ball moving on the ground because it's crucial? I think it's consistency. Sometimes when you have a bunch of toys, you tend to play with them all and then not, you know, one doesn't become your favorite. And they've mm-hmm. they've done that. You know, Scotty Phillips was up this week, so I think what was it? All five backs were active yeah, yep. against Carolina. And so you you know, when you have that 
Uh, it takes a guy to get in a rhythm and in sync with an offensive line. And so you, know, you got to commit to one. Yeah, there's some things on third downs that they could do with Philip Lindsay, I think, and Rex Burkhead. But I don't think Philip Lindsay's a, the same type of back that Mark Ingram is. So you're calling plays between the tackle. He's a little lighter in the pants. He's getting bounced around a little bit for no gains, trying to bounce runs outside that aren't there. Um, you you got to figure out where the consistency comes from. You're not changing the guys up front. They're going to block the same way, but you need to figure out who can get in sync with them, who can get in rhythm with them, and and uh, and help this running game. For in my eyes, it's been Ingram. Um, the the first couple of games, he seems to get in the rhythm. And then you go, he goes to the sideline and sits for the next four or five plays, and then you know he comes back in. So you can't get hot that way. Nobody gets hot. Got to figure that thing out. Okay, I feel like I'm walking over and I'm putting the Titleist right on the tee and handing you the big dog and allowing you to eat. I'll be doing because, that in a little bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because I'm about to ask you about Matt Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. and bowing at the feet of St. McVeigh today. And maybe it, maybe it's real, but this marriage, Dre, we, people talk about it all off season. I kept thinking, ah, you know, come on, man. He's good, but it is – oh, my goodness. When you throw in Deshaun Jackson with Cup and with Robert Woods, maybe it is for real. How scary are the Rams right now at Stafford at quarterback? It's it's for real, Johnny, and uh, there are weapons around him, protection there like he never had in Detroit. Um, you know, he he's young enough where – you know, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. How much longer can he play? I mean, can he play at this level? Well, yep. if they're committed to keeping uh, the attitude of going to the Super Bowl, not a lot of teams think that way. Fans, fans think every team has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Not every owner wants to go to the Super Bowl because that costs a little money uh, to, to, to ramp up and be competitive every single year, year in and year out. Some are trying to actually come in under the salary cap because they want more money. That's, I know that's hard to believe, but it's – out there um but the rams aren't one of those teams they are trying to legitimately compete every single year to go to the super bowl and uh so much so that i don't think they have a first round pick till 2024 trying to get it right at quarterback making sure you know other pieces are in place to where they can make a strong run and committed to getting aaron donald there as well and so when you look at it I think they're going to be good for a long time. I think Matthew Stafford, Mark knows my uh, affection for Matthew Stafford. There was a huge trade that I brought up to him a few years ago that I thought the Texans should make with the Lions because they changed coaches. They seem to be starting over. I floated it to Mark. What do you think about this? Uh, I think the Lions would do it uh, and give away another pick in the process to get you know Matthew Stafford or the Lions might give one away. And uh, and it just obviously it didn't it didn't grow legs, but uh, that was one I thought would would make. That's how much I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's one of the top two arm talents in the NFL, and uh, we got to see it on full display yesterday against Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, you just see the way he throws the football. Oh. Deshaun Jackson, my goodness, you know you talk about uh, retro Jackson, uh, just throw Ooh. it up there. Certain plays. You just throw it up and let him run underneath it. It's beautiful, but he's a whole lot more than that. And McVeigh directing the offense. They've got something going on right now. That division is ridiculous. How about, Unfortunately, how about the, the Texans have to play all those teams. How about the energy of McVeigh? I mean, he goes yeah. down all the way to the tunnel to mm-hmm. meet uh, 
Deshaun Jackson and give him a high five. And I mean, players feed from that kind of stuff. They know that you're invested in winning and, and uh, you're all about them and things of that sort. You know, he's still young enough at 35 to, to do it, but he's in full sprint mode as Deshaun's breaking away. I don't know if the, the pass had even landed in his hands and McVay sprinting down the sideline. That's that, uh, that stuff's contagious, man. Uh, last night, by the way, guys, it's the 49ers and Packers. 49ers score 37 seconds left. Field goal beats you. Yes. And it's not a tie game, so a field goal beats you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's the situation. You kick off touchback. I'm thinking, I don't think it's inherently wrong to do that, but no time comes off the clock. Aaron Rodgers has 37 seconds to get you in range for Crosby. Yeah. I don't like this at all. I'm kicking off and making you return it because odds yep. are I'm going to pin you inside the 25 anyway, and we're going to burn a few seconds, and that's a few precious seconds there that Rodgers doesn't have. Am I crazy? No, I agree, and I was shocked when they kicked it off, and I was like, there's no return here because that's five seconds they're going to hold on to that you can run one extra play, and sure enough, they kicked it through the back of the end zone. But I was in, I thought for sure they would get a, a squib kick, run a little, little bit of the clock and uh and then go from there but you obviously left him uh two seconds or three seconds too long and and uh he was able to take care of business in the process it was it was amazing i thought it was going to be a huge win for garoppolo and uh but then you don't feel sorry for san francisco because they're sitting there at two and one and i was just wondering what was going to be said uh when the game's over and they just had it driven down uh, down the field, San Francisco scores and Garoppolo throws the winning touch, all of it, you know, and sure enough, he changes the narrative uh, at the snap of a finger. And when it happened that, you know, the kickoff, I had to sit down because I was moving around like, oh, this one's over. And when it happened that way, I had to sit down because I'm like, wait a minute, I got to see what happens here. And sure yep. enough, he delivered. Yep, he sure did. By the way, the Stones Award goes to Brandon Staley, the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. My goodness. Mm, Fourth mm. down. Oh, we got a penalty. Fourth and eight. Ah. Let's just go ahead and throw it. As I'm watching that, I'm watching that. This is for both of you guys. I'm watching that, and I'm thinking he's absolutely 1,000% dead on doing the right thing for the same reason that we're talking about with with Rodgers. Don't give Mahomes the ball. Do not give Mahomes – any opportunity to get the ball back down yeah. a field goal because he can get him there. Dre, what would you think about the way that Brandon Staley handled that situation? I loved it. And he showed confidence in his team. He showed confidence in his quarterback. I mean, all the way down to the final play that they had with, when uh, when Herbert throws the touchdown pass. Oh. I mean, all of it, all, all included, because that's how you have to beat Kansas City, especially – in their place if you go there trying to protect the lead any lead that you might have gotten you forget it's a 60 minute game and you might have already you might have played half of it uh 45 minutes of it and you've got a whatever it is double digit lead it doesn't matter they're going to come back they're going to make it a game before it's over and uh and you got to figure out a way to knock them the hell out and that's exactly what he did i mean uh kudos to him for taking the approach knowing this is how we got to beat this team, and, and he did it. By the way, Patrick Mahomes is fantastic, no doubt about it. But the no-look pass that got picked off, you faked out your own teammate. You didn't need to no-look it either. 
Wide open player over the middle. Hey, stop with the highlight reel. Just throw the ball. That dude gets paid, too. Yeah, all right. I know. And you should know what's coming from Mahomes and no-look pass. But it's like we've all played pickup basketball where where you're playing with that really good passer and you get hit in the face with the ball. Well, maybe not you guys, (laughs) but I have. Dre, Dre, uh, quickly here, Clemson, how bad is it? Well, it's obviously pretty bad, and and the thing about it is when you start looking across the ACC, there's some good teams at top to bottom. I was just in an email exchange this morning with a commissioner who stopped by the booth, uh, and uh, and and we had a chance to talk to him on, on Friday night. But uh, I congratulated him on the league itself from top to bottom. Uh, anybody could be had any week and that's this year you know he and I told him he should be proud of what what uh what's on the field and the the you know from all the football programs and it's a it's a pleasure for us to get to see the ACC and we're going to step out of it uh this week when we go to Tulsa and take and I've got Tulsa and, and the Cougs so you know a little bit different flavor but it's uh it's a league from top to bottom where I think it's anybody's deal Wake Forest is undefeated They've got a bunch of starters back. 11 starters come back on offense to beat Virginia on the defensive side. Virginia is a talented team. North Carolina seems to have have, uh, waken themselves up. Louisville, a dynamic quarterback. You start looking through these teams, all of them have good quarterbacks, which give you a chance to win games on Saturday. So, it's a it's a competitive league league and a fun uh, fun league to call on on Friday nights. Okay, this question for both of you. You've got maybe a 10-second <laughs> response, okay? USC, Florida State, or the U? What about him? You get to take Which over as I the take? leader of that program. You take over as the leader of that program. USC, Florida State, or the U? Which one are you picking? Uh, Dre? Go to F- Florida State. Florida Mark, State uh, because the X right now. Yeah, yeah, that, I got well, that's, not a, that's that, kind of the point. I They're think all, U, U.S. Are all kind of USC low. has oh, the no. best chance. USC thinks they think they can win every, right now. I mean, they should right. be winning national championships. So that's 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 a little different deal. I think Miami's turned into the, into the kind of job where if you win nine, ten games a year, you're a superstar, right? Yeah. So you don't have to win championships there anymore. Maybe Florida State's going to be the same. My goodness, what a tough start, Dre. Thanks so much. Look forward to catching up later in the week. All right, guys, have a good one. There he is, Andre Ware. We are big fans of his. And I would imagine we are all big fans of our good friends at Daikin, the world's number one air conditioning company. Daikin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all, where we work, where we play, and where we grow. Daikin is Houston's biggest fan. This is their home turf, so they care about Houston as much as you do. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and terrific financing options at your local dealer. They built the nation's third largest production facility right here, creating thousands of local jobs. Daikin is a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans, and they are hiring. Learn more at DaikinLovesHouston.com. That's DaikinLovesHouston.com. Dykin also loves our good friend John McClain. We all do. The General's next right here on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Now, if you're like me, you associate Monday with football. Absolutely. And if you're going to watch Monday Night Football tonight, how about a little Miller Lite? Championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. 
However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer with great taste delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash buy beer online. That's MillerLite.com, buy beer online, and find delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Forward, Texas, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. That's how you got to do Monday Night Football with a little Miller Light. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access. Glad to be with you as always. My name is John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter and host for each and every Monday All Access. And our second segment is always devoted to our friends at Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of your Houston Texans. It's time to educate and evaluate. And when that's the case... That means it's time for the general, John McClain. Here he is. Your thoughts on what you saw yesterday around the NFL, your general takeaway. Well, first of all, there was some great games. One of the games that was not great was the team that the Texans are going to play next, Buffalo. The Bills just blew away Washington, and Josh Allen threw for 358 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, had a rating of 129.8. And that's where the Texans are going for this next game. And they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And they won that game, I believe, 43-21. to The game last night, another spectacular primetime finish. I thought that was tremendous watching Aaron Rodgers do what he did. And, and th- something I'm writing about tomorrow, rookie quarterbacks. You know, there's, I've, seen, I've had people email me that they know after six quarters Davis Mills will never be a starter in the NFL. And I'm thinking, well, that means Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, they'll never be starters. And and because the rookies really struggled, and the one that played the best was Davis Mills. And uh, so it's amazing how people already know that. And uh, I've gone back, and I'm going to look at what some of the best quarterbacks did, you know, early in the first three games of their careers. But – that was something that stood out to me as well. Was uh, the rookies have really struggled? I think Phil's in one. They had one yard passing, a net one yard passing mm-hmm. with the Bears. Now, I tell you something else I thought was interesting. Last week, Miles Garrett complained publicly about how the Texans had chipped him a lot with other blockers, and then Laramie Tunsil tweeted back, "Yeah, well, what about when there weren't any chips?" And I think it was Brian Baldinger did a film study about what a great job Tunsil did against Garrett. And then Garrett had four and a half sacks yesterday. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't the Browns, uh, I mean, who did the Browns play? I forgot. Oh, Chicago. The Bears. Bears. Why wouldn't the Bears use the same strategy? Of course, they had Jason Peters, who's like 57, playing left tackle, trying to block him. So I think Garrett's four and a half sacks were a team record, but that just shows what a great job the Texans did and controlling one of the league's premier pass rushers and just a fantastic job. And then that 66-yard field goal by Justin Tucker, my goodness. He's had, he's beaten the Lions on last-second field goals there of 60 and 66. And I thought that was just amazing. And then I watched the – Chargers beat the Chiefs, so it was a, it's a fun day when you get to sit around and watch football all day, and to me, people are talking about how hot the Broncos are. They're three and zero. They've beaten the Giants, the 
the Jaguars and the Jets, who are 0-9. And, and the Bengals going to Pittsburgh and winning by 14? You know, how in the world did the Steelers start the season winning handily at Buffalo, and now they've lost their last two at home, and the Bengals are 2-1? and one. I really wanted the Lions to win yesterday, first of all, because I like Dan Campbell. Oh, my uh, gosh. I, I really want, and I also wanted to be able to say, look, the Cincinnati Bengals are in first place. And, oh, by the way, Jamar Chase apparently has learned to catch a ball without stripes. So um, I think he's proven he's pretty good um, from that perspective. John, the one game that uh, I, I had, other than the Bills, probably the most interest in was the Titans and the Colts seeing how two division teams were going to play. The Titans end up getting the win. Derrick Henry has a big day. I said to Mark earlier, it looks like the Colts are just playing slow. What do you think of that game, John, the Titans taking on the Colts? Colts are 0-3, first time since 2011. It's, uh, i tell you what was strange. The uh, Titans committed three turnovers, and they won. First time they've done that, committed at least three turnovers and win since 2007. And that just, that just struck me as a very, very unusual statistic, and and uh, Colts, Carson Wentz played no touchdowns, no interceptions, but didn't do much. Their running game was totally shut down. They lost Quentin Nelson to an ankle injury. He had to be carted off. They got, lost a couple other players, too. And uh, so, yeah, I would like to have seen that one. And then I think we got to talk about the Rams have a chance to be the second consecutive team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium after the way they beat up on the Buccaneers, and Matthew Stafford would have to be the early leader in the uh, vote for MVP because he has gotten off to an incredible start, and he's never had to play games like this early in the season, play a defending Super Bowl team for your team, chance to remain unbeaten, and they were just tremendous, and Stafford had another great game. He threw for, let's see, 343 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rating of 134. He has got to feel like he died and went to heaven in L.A. And then Tom Brady threw 432 yards. Now we've got Brady's return to Foxborough. And I know people up there are going crazy about it, but considering the Patriots are one and two, Mac Jones threw, I think, three interceptions. And and uh, the, the Bucks coming off a loss, no telling how bad they're going to beat the Patriots. Do we now have to bow and kiss the feet of Saint McVeigh again? I mean, are we are we at this again now that McVeigh is this genius because of the marriage with Matt Stafford? I swear, I, we're going to hear about it all week long. The Rams are three and zero. McVeigh and Stafford, this marriage is fantastic. You know, I'd like that marriage to turn into Dennis Rodman uh, and uh, Carmen Electra, and then see uh, how we go from there because. Oh, it won't. God, it's they're they're really fun to watch, John. They're they really are, fun to and watch. They, Deshaun Jackson, you know, he disappeared for a while. He hadn't done squat. He gotten hurt. He got on. I can't remember. He's had off the field issues. He just and he's in his thirties. He had three catches for 120 yards and a 75 yard touchdown. And but they, you know, could the Rams undoing be their running game? They rushed for. They ran 24 times. 76 yards, 3.2 a carry. Their leading rusher, Sonny Michelle, 20 carries, 67 yards. Don't you have to be able to run the ball 
better than that. And I don't see that they will run it better than that with their injuries. It's all going to be on Stafford. But at some point, they're going to be playing outdoors. And it's hard to win a Super Bowl with not having at least a decent running game. And they don't right now. Yeah, at least for their sake, they have an outstanding defense led by outstanding playmakers. General, let's talk about the Texans' inability to run the ball right now. This team is designed around running the football, these running backs, the offensive line. They're just not getting production on the ground, and they desperately need it right now. What's it going to take? Well, I, I wrote a column about that for Saturday, looking at their stats. They were fortunate to go up against Jacksonville in that first game, and they pounded the Jaguars. Now, the only thing I can think of in these last two games, they've gone up against two teams that are five and one, two teams that have really good defenses. But, you know, 17 times for 42 yards, 2.5 a carry with a long run of seven yards, that's not right. And uh, they've gotten good pass protection. You know, the two sacks in the first two games were both the quarterback's fault. And this one, they gave up four, and Davis Mills probably was responsible for two. So pass protection's not an issue. You know, you take Tyrod Taylor out of that running game, that changes the entire defensive strategy. They don't have to worry about him uh, bootlegging and running, going around a corner like he did on the touchdown run at Cleveland when he aggravated the hamstring injury he'd suffered on the same series. And, and uh, so – if you think about their backs, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, you know, Lindsay showed on the screen pass at Carolina at uh, Cleveland when he scored on 22 yard touchdown, he's, he can make moves. He can do well when he gets an open field, but he's not getting in the open field. He's getting crushed. And uh, what's strange about the Carolina game, I'm thinking, okay, Carolina's giving up 46 yards rushing. What are they going to do? First two plays on the second series, six yards by Ingram, six yards by Ingram. I'm thinking, wow, they're going to wear them down with a running game. And that was about the highlight. And so I don't know what they do. I think maybe I thought they might throw more short passes on first down for like four yards. But until they prove that uh, they're going to keep the, the their defenses are going to stack against the run until Mills throws, proves he can throw it down the field. And uh, Mills was not the reason they lost that game. You know, they lost the game because they couldn't run. And then it's amazing, despite all that, it still was 17-9 in the fourth quarter until they scored on that last touchdown drive and Donald scored on the one-yard run. So they were in the last two games, and if they could run it a little better, it would help. But uh, they got to make a tough trip to Buffalo. Then they get the Patriots, and after that Patriot game, I think it's four or five on the road. John, what's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> Isn't that funny to hear you say that? What's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? I know. I know. It, uh, you know, I watched. I was. I was watching the Ryder Cup, which is one of my favorite events, and then later I was watching the Astros, and then I was switching back and forth to the Chiefs, and I saw them get down. I think it was fourteen to nothing, and I thought, okay, when they came back. Thinking, okay, they're going to win it. And then the Chargers committed a bunch of pre-snap penalties. I think three in on two drives late that hurt them. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a couple of fumbles. They just don't seem in sync. Mahomes threw two interceptions. He's already got more than he 
had in December of last year. And Justin Herbert has been fantastic. Four touchdowns, a rating of 125. He was tremendous. And looking at the rookie quarterbacks who are struggling now, the performance by Justin Herbert last year when he was Offensive Rookie of the Year and Pat Hamilton was his quarterback coach, that just shows – that just impresses me even more about the job he did last year. And you think the uh, Dolphins, they got Tua Tungvaloa. Tua, of course, is on hour now. He's got uh, rib injuries. And Herbert is just tearing it up. Don't you know the Dolphins wish they had taken Justin Herbert? Oh. And uh, and now there's all the talk about Miami still try, still wanting to get to Sean Watson. But the Chargers, if you watched that game yesterday, overcoming all the mistakes that they made and capitalizing on the mistakes that the Chiefs made, that was pretty darn impressive. I know the general mentioned he was pretty upset about having the Chargers and Chiefs on on KHOU, the – CBS affiliate here, and I thought that was as sexy as it got. That game was unbelievable. But I had Red Zone going, man. Holy cow, Red Zone's unbelievable. I mean, it's just – it's meth. Like, you can't get enough. I mean, it's like Walter White for football. Good grief. It's absolutely crazy. All right, we got one final segment on the other side, and we're going to talk to our good friend John Grenard. I had a chance to catch up with him after the game, so not always in the best spirits, but we had plenty to talk to. So we got a couple minutes with John Grenard on the other side of this break. You're listening to Texans All Access. Stay right where you are. It's All Access. Stay right where you are. It's All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access. So very happy to be with you. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and I am calling all Houston area teachers out there. Now, if you know anything about me, you know I used to be a teacher. My parents were both teachers, and I loved it. And I am, but I was always looking for help. I always wanted some help if I could find it. Well, you want to bring a little Texans football to your classroom? That's help. Then sign up for Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Toro's Math Drills is a video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. Now, if you're a teacher out there and you're thinking, I don't know, my kids don't like football, let me give you a quick story. Back when I was to act, this is teaching physics. However, in Jacksonville, most famous game, Florida, Georgia. Right there across the river from where I was teaching. I was at a different school for a year. And I was teaching physics, and I thought, you know what? I, got, I want to come up with something different. I'm going to write this entire test based on the Florida, Georgia football game. Maybe it was coincidence. Maybe I taught really well that week or those two weeks. My test grades were higher than they'd ever been, and my students told me it was the best test they'd ever taken because it involved football. It involved sports. So Toro's Math Drills can seriously help you out. HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more from our good friends at ConocoPhillips. Now, that Florida-Georgia game, been played for years in Jacksonville, our next guest played in that game and was an absolute superstar at the University of Florida, University of Louisville before that, and that's John Grenard. He had a strip sack the other night. I thought played very well in his first action in 2021. After the game, I had a chance to catch up with him, and I know you're going, well, wait, John, the game was on Thursday. You're playing on Monday. Well, this is when I would probably play an interview from the post game, anyways, but also I had forgotten that I got in the interview because it was 
Thursday. That might as well be four years ago, much less four days ago. So here you go. I caught up with John Grenard after the game on Thursday. All right, guys, down outside the locker room with John Grenard. First of all, how you feel? First game? Feel good. Getting action in, how you feel? Yeah, good. Um, just getting the legs back up under me. Um, I think we did a good job overall. Just got to finish and execute better on everything else. So I think it was a pretty solid start. How do you feel about pass rush? You got there to the quarterback. Yeah. When you're getting there, are you thinking hand on the football? Or are you just thinking get a piece of him? What are you thinking when you're getting after him? Honestly, I mean, obviously, we're already there. So you honestly know the tackle can be secured. But overall, the quarterback's the worst person with, the, with football security. So we're going for the ball any way we can. Um, if you don't get there, obviously, just wrap him up, make, make the quarterback feel you. But definitely going for that football. You get three sacks as a team tonight. You get the strip fumble, almost got the football there. What's it say about the pass rush? Because you're not doing a lot of blitzing. You're not doing a lot of twists and stunts. You're just getting to the quarterback. What's it say about your pass rush? I just testament to show that we've just been working on that a lot every day in and day out. Um, we're just getting better and better. I understand we, we, we have a lot better to do, a lot more to do, a lot more in us. And uh, I think that's just only a taste. We just got to keep working and everything else will fall into plan. You get a mini buy over the weekend. Right. How good is it to get maybe a day off, mm-hmm. just get some rest, lie on the couch, yeah. maybe watch your Gators, maybe yeah, watch the Cardinals. Sure. What do you got this weekend? Uh, man, I'm chilling. Like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm a homebody, so when I get time to get off my feet, I get off my feet. Me and my girl, we're just going to chill out. You know, my dog, we're all just going to relax and, and uh, enjoy this little time we have off. Not looking too far ahead, but Buffalo is next. You right. go up there to take on one of the better offenses in the league. Right. What's going to be the key to kind of get things back going the way you guys want to get them? We just got to play our ball. I mean, that today just wasn't our, our best performance. Um, we, we have a lot more in the tank. I just think that we just have to execute when the time matters. And um, I think it, it just we just have to get executed, and that's bottom line. Uh, in this league, everybody knows that everybody's good. You're going to get their best every day in, especially a primetime game like this. We just got to execute and play. So I think we'll be all right. John, appreciate your time, man. Thank no you. Problem. Thank you again. I love seeing that man making plays for this defense, and hopefully it's going to continue putting his hand in the dirt, going and finding the football, taking away from Sam Darnold. And the only thing that would have made it better is if he would have ended up with the football or somebody would have. But, look, he went and got the football out. I think he's going to continue to do some good things for this team. He stiffed out a screen at one point and shut that down. I can't wait to see what John Grenard continues to do in this pass rush, continues to do. You heard David Culley talk about it. I asked him about that during the coaches' show and he just said, look, that depth is really kind of coming to the forefront. And you saw it in that second quarter, that pass rush pressure amped up from everybody. Roy Lopez getting pressure. Jacob Martin, John Grenard had a sack. Ross Blacklock, Whitney Merciless, and Charles Amenu met at the quarterback for one. So a lot of things going on with that pass rush that are pretty good. And John Grenard is right there in the middle of it. A big thanks to Mark, to John McClain, to Andre Ware, and to John Grenard, and to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow, and as always, go Texans.